every entrepreneur has a story. Welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, where each episode, your host, Brian Carney, will share a drink with a successful business owner and have them discuss their unique journey, gaining insight on what it takes to be an entrepreneur and different ways to get there. Brian isn't just a beer nerd. He's also the co-founder of River's Edge Advisors, a financial planning firm headquartered in Delaware, specializing in working with business owners. It's time to pour yourself a drink and enjoy a happy half hour with an entrepreneur. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Brian Carney. Our guest today is David Curtis. Dave is the co-managing partner of Leon Wiener & Associates, a wildly successful home building and development company based in Delaware, but active in 10 states and Washington, D.C., They currently operate over 5,000 apartments for residents of all levels of income. Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, Brian. Glad to be here with you. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. So for for our episode today, I'm going to be, I'm really into Levante Brewing Company, which is a a brewery in Westchester, Pennsylvania. So they have a Pilsner called Bira, B-I-R-R-A. I'm going to give that a shot today. So we'll give it a rating at the end. What uh, What are you going to be sampling? Well, I've got a 2019 Seeker. Uh, let's see if we can get it. Uh, here we go. Oh, yeah. Look at that. That's <laughs> it's a heavy a, pour. Uh, I like it. That is a heavy pour. Seeker uh, Pinot Noir from France. Got it downstairs. I'm staying at the Sofitel in Philly. We'll give them a little plug here. There we go. Uh, yeah. I, I told the the uh, the bartender that I was doing a podcast and it might be lengthy. So, you know, let's <laughs> let, let, let's. Let's 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 uh, fill it up. He poured accordingly. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. thanks so much for taking the time uh, with me today. So, first, tell us a little bit about your your business. Leon Wiener and Associates is a um, home building and development firm. We we uh, started in 1949, which um, was only slightly before when I joined the firm in 1981. <laughs> um, but but uh, as you said, um, we all sorts of real estate, but primarily affordable housing. Yeah. Uh, and, and we actually now are up to um, 7,000 units in the 10 states that you, that wow. you um, mentioned. Um, but we also do for sale housing. We've done you know, various other sorts of uh, development, but multifamily is our, is our primary uh, focus and affordable multifamily is really the, um, uh, the, the, you know, what we really, uh, feel that we do the best and, and yeah. is our mission. So that's great. And, and along the way, um, we also branched out, even though they're sort of diametrically opposed, we do some, um, luxury resort hotels. So, oh, that's interesting. Uh, affordable multifamily and luxury resorts. Yes. We're going to, we're so let's dig into that right now. So how, how does that work? Yeah, so um, our bankers asked me that question, <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I said, "Oh, well, we did a study, and it turns out that they're exactly countercyclical. So it would be perfect for um, you know to one be up, the other be down, which of course was complete BS." But uh, <laughs> I was going to say, look at the foresight that you had to do with, that. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> No, it just like a lot of things in business, it it happened um, accidentally. I'll I'll get into that a little bit more uh, later on, but uh, primarily focus on on the multifamily, and um, you know, as I said, that is our mission. 
you know, it's, it's very fulfilling because we have the luxury of um, uh, doing good and doing well, you know, yeah. so, so we get to help people and, and make a, make a little profit along the way. Uh, and then we just by accident uh, got into the, um, got into the hotel business. Wow. That's pretty fascinating. I love that doing good and doing well. That's, that's excellent. I love that. Yeah. That saying. Yeah. How, so tell me a little bit about how you start in 1981. So how do you come into the business? Well, um, I used to be a, a planner in uh, upstate New York. Okay. And, uh, and uh, I used uh, one of the trump cards you get in, um, in life, which is you don't like what you're doing. So you got to do something else. So you go to graduate school. I wound up okay. coming to Delaware to go to graduate school. And um, I met... Um, that at that time, Mr. Weiner's partner, Marvin Gilman, who thought, uh, you know, I was one of his students and he thought I might have something to offer to the, to the business. And so, uh, he, he hired me in, in, uh, 1981. So it was just, you know, sort of dumb luck being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Uh, so and, how do you, how do you start, you know, sort of as a graduate school student in 1981 to, become part owner of the, of the company. How, how's that trajectory? Oh, go? oh, well, that's all going to come out in my memoirs, but I'll, I'll give you a hint. <laughs> okay. Uh, <clears throat> because my memoirs are going to be entitled advancement through attrition. <laughs> and so, so the secret here, Brian, is if you stick around somewhere for 40 years, eventually everybody else either quits, gets fired <laughs> dies <laughs> and That's you look great. around and it's like hey i made it to the top guess I <laughs> guess it's got to be me now yeah yeah you know it's it's kind of like that old uh, line with the caddies you know you you gotta uh show up keep up and shut up and, yeah and yeah no you know it's it's um all kidding aside um i told mr wiener that i was going to stay for two years i had no uh, expectation of staying in Delaware any longer than that. And, uh, it, it turned out that, uh, you know, I had a little bit of talent for the business and I had a, and I had a lot of enthusiasm for what we did and what we do in terms of, you know, as I said before, um, you know, helping people have a great place to live who otherwise given their circumstances might not have that. So, yeah. So it's, it's like, Hey, I like it here and I like the people and I'm going to stay. And, and so, you know, a little bit of uh, elbow grease and a little bit of luck and, and eventually, you know, here we are. Yeah. So that's great. So I've heard nothing. I, I've heard nothing but incredible things about, about Mr. Wiener. So, in in fact, they're in the atrium of the national housing center in DC. There's a life-size bust of him. So I, I've heard he's one of the greatest entrepreneurs of all time. That that's how he was uh, described to me. Mm-hmm. What kind of things did he impart to you, or that you lear- learned from him uh, that that sort of carried you through to to today? You know, I would say the most important thing that I learned from Leon two things. I, I guess I mean I learned you know lots of things, but um, the two most important things uh, were one perseverance, force of will. Leon was a guy who, if he decided he was going to do something, he was going to get it done 
no matter what. I mean, yeah. you could be sitting in a room and he always thought that he was uh, right. You know, I mean, he believed in what he was doing. So sure. he's the sort of guy you could sit in a room and uh, there'd be 200 people and, you know, somebody put a, um, uh, a color up on the um, projector and it would be red and he would say it was green <laughs> and everybody else would say, no, it's red. And he would not for one minute think, you know, that anybody else could be right. But right. so, <laughs> so it's, you know, it's good to have that belief in yourself. Right. I mean, yeah. that that you're not going to let um, impediments uh, stand in your way. Probably more important. And, and he did. He accomplished a great deal, um, you know, because of his motivation and it just his 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 force of will, as I've as I've said. Yeah. The other the other thing um, is loyalty. Leon was the most loyal uh, individual I've ever met in my life. Um, and, uh, I like to think that, um, you know, I'm, um, somewhat the same way. Uh, yeah. he, he taught me that. And so, you know, if you were one of Leon's guys, um, not that you couldn't do wrong, but that you couldn't, you couldn't do something that, that, you know, was so wrong that it couldn't be corrected. Right. And, and you know, want just to illustrate that point, one time, uh, I'm embarrassed to say that I got really upset at him. Yeah. And I broke in a fit of peak a whole bunch of computer equipment, which in those days, this is a long time ago, um, <laughs> in those days was a lot of money. And he came in and he saw this and um, he started laughing, which just enraged me more, right? Because... <laughs> uh, you know, you know how you, when you do something stupid and childish, you're like, oh, God, look at what an idiot I am. Right? Yeah. And then, then somebody laughs at you. And I said, what are you laughing at? He goes, you. He says, he says, I've told you, you got to you got to let it out. This is great. I said, oh. well, what about all this stuff I just ruined? He goes, oh, he, he puts his arm around me. He says, yeah, that's just stuff. We can replace that. You're what's important. Right. I mean, so, you know, that is great. Love a guy like that. Yeah, that's great. Are you a Seinfeld guy? Uh, off and on. There's an episode called Serenity Now. It's one of the famous episodes. And George is selling computers and gets so angry that he smashes a bunch of computers. And I sort of envision you in a fit of rage, like George Costanza right. smashing computers, right. which is great. Yeah. Well, was Kramer. It was actually Kramer that did it. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say me and George have a lot in common, but sort of me and Kramer. Yeah, so that's... <laughs> dress weird all that kind of thing yeah so. well that's pretty that's fascinating to have uh you know i guess at the time is he your, is he your boss you smash a bunch of oh, stuff oh oh yeah i mean i'm like i'm a kid i mean <laughs> i've just like broken ten thousand dollars worth of stuff i've only been there like three years and i think i'm gonna be i'm gone right yeah and he and, laughs uh, he laughs that's incredible he's like he's like this is great this is what i've been trying to tell you i, I love it well, yeah. I, I'd like to kind of shift to talk a little bit about the business because sure. nowadays it seems like there is a potential for a business to put profits above doing good, right? And I think it takes a real unique talent to be able to marry those two together and be fiercely committed to doing the right thing, to helping people that need it, all the while creating a wildly successful business. So, What's the secret to doing that? Well, first of all, I don't know that we're wildly successful. 
know, we're really um, more the tortoise uh, than the hare, Brian. But okay. um, so, I, you know, honestly, I, I think that the secret uh, to it, and I'll, I'll just mention that, you know, like all businesses, we have consultants come in and so forth. And so I analyze the business. We had this guy, oh, I don't know, it was probably 15 years ago. And we just gave him free reign to talk to anybody he wanted to talk to. Yeah. And he came back uh, like two days later and he was very concerned. He was impressed, but he was very concerned. And he said, you know, you have a very unique business to your point. He said, I, I talked, I've talked to people from the janitor at an apartment complex to the administrative assistant, um, you know, here in the office. And all of them have a sense that they're doing something to help uh, people. So they're invested. They feel like by doing their part, they're helping somebody uh, have an opportunity that they wouldn't otherwise have. Wow. And so your message is, this is what he said to us, your message is, is definitely getting across in terms of the mission. He said, my concern is not a single person that I talk to, including the CFO and other senior managers, ever mentioned anything about making money. Uh, he, <laughs> he said, I think that's a little bit of a concern. And I suppose in some sense, uh, you know, he's, he's right. Um, but, you know, I, I almost have like a, a, just a, a belief system that if, if you're making a sincere effort to do the right thing, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, you can't be stupid about it. You can't say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to spend, uh, you know, a million dollars on lumber and, and, uh, you know, sell yeah. the $500,000. I get that. Yeah. But, but, um, you know, that, that somehow or another, it, you know, it all works out. So, yeah. um, you win some, you lose some, um, and, you know, the other nice thing about real estate, um, which is one of the reasons I'm in it, is you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Mm -hmm. And there's a thing called appreciation. Right. right. <laughs> and so so what happens is if some of your bets don't work out, um, hopefully others do. But over time, um, you know, uh, the tide floats all boats. Right. Yeah. So. So uh, relatively speaking, as long as you can stay with it for, for a while, you're, you're going to be okay. Yeah. And, and so, so it's not that we don't focus on, I mean, obviously we, we pay attention to the numbers and so forth and so on. Um, but that's not really the message that we send out to the associates and the, and the troops. You it's know, interesting because it's, it, it sounds to me that you, you guys have the, the mantra that is, if you do right by the client and you help people, everything else will work itself out. Yeah, I believe that, honestly. Yeah. And you know, we're, I'm 40 years into it and it's going good so far. And so far, so, so true, so right? Far, you know, and, you know, okay, so let's, let's not, uh, let's not change too much. Well, I'm, I'm fascinated by the, the culture aspect of it because Anytime you hire a consultant, they say, let's do our core values, let's do our mission statement. And then you spend however long it takes for you to do that. And then no one remembers it. You put it into a poster and they go, oh, there, there, there it is right there on the right. wall. 
Right. But to have an outside consultant, you know, interview your people and that everyone is able to say that what your mission statement is, that's an incredible way to build a culture. How do you think you guys were able to really take that vision and permeate it through the rest of the company? Well, you know, I think that, um, and it gets more difficult, you know, we now have 270 employees. And of course, when I started, we didn't have anywhere near uh, that many. I've got a lot of people to outlive. Yeah, I know. How about that? You know, so some poor, some poor club coming up now. Jeez. That's a more daunting task. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. Yeah. So, uh, um, but, you know, so we, but we do consider our company to be a family. Right. right. And so I consider, and this is another thing that Leon felt very dearly, uh, was that his employees were, uh, his family and that he, that he had a responsibility to them and 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 vice versa mm-hmm. and so it, it's become a little bit more difficult in in covid times but a lot of uh, get togethers you know a lot of um picnics a lot of holiday parties a lot of regional meetings because it's also difficult with people spread across 10 states to make sure everybody's you know feeling the love sure. um and just just stressing what those values are and living that by saying, uh, you know, not saying, okay, how much, what was your revenue this uh, month? But yeah. but instead saying, okay, what, you know, what needs to be fixed? What's um, what do the residents need? What what's what can we do? What can we do to improve this property? Because our goal, you know, and it sounds like an elevator speech, but our goal really is um, to create. Um, communities where people want to live by choice, which is somewhat unusual for affordable housing communities. A lot of times it's like um, stuck here until, you know, I can get out. Things, get, and, things turn around. Yeah. And get, get somewhere else. Um, yeah. We, we, and, and, you know, we also uh, try very hard to have events um, at our properties for the residents Um we have a, an education foundation where we help the kids at our properties. And so, you know, it all sort of adds up into a, a mix where people see that we're not perfect, but we're trying to, we're trying to do the right thing. Yeah, that, that's amazing. And I think, you know, when you have people that live in your properties and they know that you're good people and that you're not trying to rip them off and, I feel like that probably has to have a, a tremendous impact. I mean, to have seven thousand properties uh, or seven thousand, you know, uh, apartments, Unit. yeah, units, yeah. yeah. Um, to be able to have that permeate through your residence has got to be difficult, but amazing to see actually come to fruition. Yeah, yeah. It's it, as I said before, it's very uh, fulfilling, and it and it was. You know, again, this the whole COVID thing has has caused some disruptions. But another great thing is, you know, we have senior citizens properties, we have family properties, and we have um, we have this education foundation where we provide you know scholarships and all sorts of things, cultural events, and and so forth and so on. But one of the really really fun aspects of it is when you get the senior citizens and the kids yeah. together. You know, because right. now. Um, you know, you're getting the benefit of all of that experience. Um, 
and and the senior citizens who you know let's face it it's not that much fun to sit around with 100 other 85 year old people right i don't think i mean maybe i'll know pretty soon but you know so so to get them exposed to kids is is um is you know is a win-win kind of situation for sure so let's talk about COVID because your world, you know, restaurants, hospitality, and then sort of your world has been dramatically impacted with COVID, you know, with the moratorium on being able to evict people that didn't pay their bills, which, you know, right. that, that, right. that's just a complicated problem, right? Mm-hmm. And a complicated yeah. issue. How did how did COVID affect you guys and your business overall? So starting with multifamily, not as much as you would think. Uh, the biggest problem with COVID was uh, we, we, we really couldn't do a lot of new work, right? Because yeah. a lot of what we do is acquisition rehab. Yeah. And so if you're buying an apartment building, first of all, you either got to, you know, rehab the units while the residents are there, which is not ideal, or more likely relocate the residents to another uh, facility and do the, the job. But it's very difficult to, to relocate people during uh, COVID. So, so in terms of uh, the top line, our revenue in terms of um, just new deals, uh, that was affected. But this business of the rents, we we track that, you know, notwithstanding, I said, we don't really care about money. We only care about people, blah, 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 blah. Right. Right? <laughs> but uh, we actually do, you know, we actually do care about money and we, we track the, the rents. And we really had um, little of any diminution of, um, you know, past due or, or increase in past due oh, wow. um, elections um, to this day. Yeah. So. Part of that is, you know, there's a lot of programs put in place and we try to counsel the residents as to where they can get help and so forth and so on. But part of it is, I think, you know, we have pretty good residents that, yeah. um, you know, are, are, you know, wanting to do the right thing. Yeah. Just like, and now the flip side to all of this is the hotel business, which sure. touched a little bit. And that was, that was a drastic problem. We shut down uh, hotels for six to eight weeks, you know, no revenue. And then when we open back up, well, you know, I mean, COVID is, it, it spikes, it drops, it spikes, it drops. And, and so it's just been a real challenge, been a real challenge to, to find people, you know, in the hospitality industry, because a lot of people are, okay, geez, I haven't done this for about six months and I don't really want to go back. Right. So, so, yeah. so that has been and, and, and does remain, remain a challenge both from, um, you know, operating revenues and, and finding uh, people. Now, yeah. the, the, the real benefit, big, big picture benefit um, from COVID, from my perspective, though, is it's created um, lots of opportunity for people to step up to the plate within the company. And yeah. so you get to see two things. You get to see who the next leaders really are. Yes. You know, when the chips are down, um, uh, they shine. And uh, and it also makes um, somebody that's been there 40 years realize, hey, we're in really good shape because we got some really top shelf people. And I can, you know, I can just hang out and 
smoke cigars and play, <laughs> play golf. golf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good to know that yeah. the bench is deep. That That is an interesting yeah. part of it to be able to, I, I do feel like COVID is such an fascinating, it's going to be studied for, for decades, right? But even in the world of entrepreneurship and, and business ownership is there's a devastating impact uh, at one, on the one side. And then the other side's like, Hey, all this really great stuff happened because of this, you know? And I think realizing that you had rock stars on your bench, ready to step up is a huge benefit to you. Well, absolutely. It's a, it's a great um, comfort too. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you're, uh, when you're obviously not suitable for employment anywhere else, having been at the same place for 40 years, right. <laughs> You do get pretty well invested, uh, both emotionally uh, and financially. And so, you know, where's the end game on this? And it's like, oh, everything's going to be great. Yeah. This place is going to be in great hands. Yeah. 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 That's that's fantastic. So uh, a couple of things I wanted to talk about. A um, little bit about the the education program. So talk a little bit about that. I mean, that sounds pretty amazing that you guys are providing education support to to residents so t- tell me a little bit about that how that program works yeah that's that's very exciting so um a lot of it is what you'd expect you know we we provide tutoring uh we provide uh scholarships um both um for um private schools high schools uh trade schools uh colleges yeah. um and then probably the most fun thing that we do, we have this um, program called Positive Points that's run by this wonderful lady, Sylvia Carson. And she provides, during the summers primarily, but now all year, all of these cultural opportunities for kids that are, say, between the ages of 6 and 16. And so, you know, they go to performances. They go on trips. Um, they... Um, um, write, produce, and and uh, perform their own plays. Wow! They we had a one of the most fun things is we had a um, a fashion show that the kids put on um, at the Queen Theater. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, with you know all of the parents and all of the staff and everybody, and just to watch, uh, you know, I mean, they put together uh, a lot of the clothes were donated and so forth, but they you know, assembled and chose their, their, uh, clothes and so forth and, uh, came out on the runway and strutted their stuff. And, um, and just the, you know, just the fun and, and, uh, happiness in the, in the kids when they were doing this, it was, it was, it it was honestly, it was just so priceless. And, and, and so, you know, kids, like me. So when I was a kid, I, my dad took me to the Grand Prix of the United States when I was nine years old at Watkins Glen. Right. Yep. So now I just love race cars. I love speed. I love, and it's, it's all because of that. You yeah. know, my wife, my wife is like, what is it with you and all this car crap? You know, why, why, why do you, why do you do this? You know, why don't you grow up? Right? And it's because, you know, I'm still like that nine-year-old. And so my hope is that by by uh, exposing and helping these kids to participate in these things, you know, who knows? Um, some of those guys, girls might, you know, they might go into the fashion right. business just from that memory. For sure. And we're going to, next year, we're going to build tiny houses. So maybe 
maybe some of the kids are going to go into, you know, the building trades as a, as a, just a real result of that exposure. So yeah. it's, um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but there again, it, you know, it, it brings not, you know, it's an old chestnut, right. But the more you give, the more you get, honestly, it always, yeah. it always works that way. It's very and true. our staff, you know, at these communities, they donate their time. They're not, they're not getting paid to, they're getting paid to run the apartment complex, not to help, you know, kids put wardrobes together. Yeah. And, and they do it voluntarily just because they love doing it. So it's, a, so it's amazing to think that you're the impact that you guys are creating could have a ripple effect on generations to come. I, I don't I'm not overstating that. I think to be able to, to give a child an opportunity to, you know, to, to be exposed to something, whether it be fashion or building or whatever. And they go, you know what? I'm going to look back at the time when I was 12 and we did this thing because of this company. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. So, um, you know, Leon was a, a big proponent of education. And when he passed, um, that's what we did. We started this foundation in his, um, in his honor. As a matter of fact, when he was a kid, he was the whiz kids. So yeah, you've heard about the, the films where kids, right? Oh yeah, but, the Phillies, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but there was um, there was a radio show in Philadelphia where high school kids, kind of like in the in the old days, they had like the College Bowl and they'd ask them these questions, right? Well, they they call and these kids were called the Whiz Kids, mm-hmm. and Leon was one of them. So they would, you know, callers would call up and ask a question, try to stump these uh, super intelligent uh, uh, <laughs> high school students. So anyway, it's something that that we love doing and, and, and hopefully it, it, uh, it helps, uh, you know, helps a little bit. And of course it creates some loyalty to our properties. I mean, if you are going to live somewhere and you think your kid can get a scholarship, yeah. um, you know, you might choose that over the place down the street. For sure. That, that makes a lot of sense. So it's not all unselfish. There's, yeah, there's, uh, that, that that's part of it for sure. So I want to ask you one thing. So I was, I actually went to Watkins Glen for vacation. I was in, uh, in in the Finger Lakes this year for 10 days with my family, went Mm -hmm. to Watkins Glen, loved it. So someone that loves to drive fast cars, what's your favorite car you've ever driven? Oh, well, the favorite car I've ever driven was one one of these tracks. I drove a Ferrari, California. Oh, wow. And and that thing, um, it was just incredible. I drove a, at the same, you know, the next car I drove when I was there, you know, you got to pick like two or three of these, you know, supercars. Sure. And it, it was a, an Audi RS8 or whatever yeah. that thing. And there was just no comparison. The Ferrari was insane. You just you, it, you felt like you couldn't make a mistake no matter how fast you went. I mean, it was just amazing. How the, fast the, did you get it going? I, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I, but but fast. But fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I wanted I wanted to come back to to one thing, uh, the hotel business. Yeah. So you you said you stumbled into that accidentally. Explain explain what you mean by that. Well, so, you know, so we're minding our own business, doing affordable housing, and um, we got a call um, from you know an acquaintance who said, "Hey, you guys, you got to come down to." Jekyll Island, we got these two young guys that um, want to restore this old um, uh, property. 
And Leon and I went down there and um, we really had no business being in the hotel business, but there was this old derelict Victorian hotel, the Jekyll Island Club, which at one time was the private club of the Morgans and the Rockefellers and, you know, everybody. That's really literally, literally the wealthiest people in the world. It was, uh, you know, they would stay there for six weeks out of the year. Hmm. And and we drove up to uh, Hilton Head. Uh, and Leon was friends with a guy by the name of Charles Frazier, who was um, the original developer of Hilton Head. Okay. And, and this is how we got into it by accident. We had lunch with Charles Frazier, and Charles Frazier said, Leon, you will never, ever be successful uh, trying to develop an upscale resort on Jekyll Island. It's a blue collar uh, pickup truck, Joe six pack island. And I saw <laughs> Leon and honestly, I remember it vividly. I remember, and it was just like, you know, waving a red flag in front of a bull. And I was like, okay, buckle yeah, up. Watch this. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, awesome. Like, hey, watch this. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's incredible. It's so funny that, that, uh, a lot of really successful people take it so personally when tells them when someone tells them right. they can't do something that they will do it for spite, which right. which I love. Right. I think it's great. It's great. It's not that wise. And actually, right. for the first <laughs> actually for the first few years, uh, it appeared that Mr. Frazier was uh, correct, but that you know stick to itiveness. Um, you know, we hung in there and. We've since developed a number of hotels on uh, Jekyll Island, and uh, we, we actually, with uh, some other investors and a joint venture partner, just um, started um, a new company um, called uh, um, Retreat Hotels and Resorts. So, so what, we've. What's got- the deal with that? What, what, that sounds uh, that sounds cool. What, what's the deal with that? Well, I mean, we just decided that we'd been dabbling in this for um, quite some time and we needed to be more serious about it. So we've we've been grooming uh, some younger people that um, have background in the uh, hotel business. And then we've teamed up with a company called the Orlean Company out of Cleveland. Uh, And um, we've got a, a new project under construction in uh, Middletown, we've got one that's going to break ground up in suburban Boston and another wow. one, uh, another one down in a, um, in a town called Perry, Georgia. So, so, you know, it's, um, they don't really go together, but um, I guess I would say that the affordable housing is extremely fulfilling. You can get that from, you know, my enthusiasm about talking about it. For and sure. That, and the hotel business is, um, you know, it's just fun. Yeah. You know, it's fun uh, owning a, um, we just opened a 209 room, uh, beautiful uh, resort uh, oceanfront on Jekyll Island. And that's, you know, that's fun. That's awesome. No, no two ways about it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with having a little bit of fun. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite uh, hotel? Is there one that you, that has a special place in your heart? Well, yeah, the, the, the Jekyll Club, which is a very unique uh, property, is has got the special place in my heart. We owned it for 35 years. We actually just sold it. In, oh uh, wow! In June, that was the, yeah, spite, the spite hotel. hotel. Yeah, yeah. The spite <laughs> hotel. And somebody said, um, "You know, how do you feel about this? You've had it for so long." And it's like, well, 
yeah, but you know, it is a hotel. We can go get a room and still go to the restaurant. And, you exactly. know, nobody's going to say you can't go there. So, you know, everything, everything's got to move along. Yep. Love it. Well, Dave, this was awesome. I, I loved having you on. You, you're a, uh, as advertised, great storyteller. I, I really enjoyed talking to you. Well, it's been a lot of fun, Brian. I appreciate, I appreciate the, your time. And, and uh, by the way, I think that this wine is, is uh, what do we say? Substantially above average. That's, that's, that's the rating I'm going to give it. Perfect. So I go on a scale of, of out of five, right? So this beer from Levante, this Pilsner, <laughs> Bira, B-I-R-R-A. I'm going to give it a 3.75 because I would definitely drink this again. Okay, 3.75. Yeah. I don't know I if that really is that going to, that's not going to make me go out and get it, right? I mean, I got to have like a 4.6 or something. I don't give it. If you see on like TripAdvisor that you're like 3.75, <laughs> it's like, oh boy. You know oh, what? It's oh funny. Boy. It's funny you say that because my wife's like, look at the reviews. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like four and a half at that place. It's going to be great. And I don't give any beer really a five. There's like three of them. It's like the the, the okay. special thing. But uh, that that is a good that is a good point. Maybe I'm gonna have to change my rating scale. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, or if you come to our hotels, Brian, pl- please at least you know bump it up a little bit. Five all the way. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, if you'd like to learn more about Dave and his business, please visit lnwa.com. If you'd like to connect with me on the Untapped app, my username is brcarney7. To learn more about how our firm helps business owners with their financial planning, visit riversedgeadvisors.com. And to hear past episodes of the podcast or to recommend people that we should interview, go to happy-half-hour.com. Dave, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Cheers to you. Hey, I enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, sponsored by Rivers Edge Advisors. For more information on how Rivers Edge Advisors can help you, visit their website at riversedgeadvisors.com. If you'd like to connect with Brian Carney for business advice or just to share a beer, follow him on Instagram at riversedgeadvisors underscore LLC.